This said, examine the gut of a 160 centenarian. Dang it, see? I already screwed it up. Centenarians who were on average 107 years old. That's that's. They found impressive. 160 people over 100 years old? Actually, Japan, I believe, in like some, I think it said Japan, yeah, that has like the, blue, the highest population yeah. blue zones. of centenarians, yeah. like one of the higher populations in the. I think there might be somewhere in the Mediterranean that also does. Possibly, yeah. So yeah, there's. But I, uh, I learned about that in one of one of the books that well, I've read. I am don't definitely want your input on this because I feel like gut health is a big part of the Ayurveda. Did I get that one right? Yeah, you did say that. Correctly. Ayurveda training. You're listening to the Addicted to Fitness podcast. Brought to you by Elemental Training Tampa. Now, here's your hosts, Nick and Shannon Birch. Thanks for stopping by and checking out another edition of the Addicted to Fitness podcast. Uh, We have an interesting episode. We may have the key to uh, living a long and healthy life right here on this podcast. Possibly. Possibly not, but we will find out later. Before we get into that, guys, thank you for tuning in this week. Um, we are starting off on our sixth year of podcasting. Wow. So I remember I looked in the archives last week. Uh, the podcast originally was called the ETT Rap Show. Yes. So I don't know if you remember that. We probably I did do. about, I think, like 30 or so episodes. Um, and I think that was in January of 2015 that started. And then in June of 2015, we started uh, Addicted to Fitness. Yes. So maybe we're going on seven years. It'll be seven years, full years in June of this year. Whoa. Yep. So we're quickly coming on episode 300. Um, so thank you guys hello, if you've been listening since the beginning. If you have been, please let us know by leaving a rating review. We'd love to know how many longtime listeners we have. You get a gold star. Mm-hmm. And we'll definitely give you a shout out on the podcast. So make sure you leave it in your review. Um, also, uh, if you guys want to go back all the way back to the beginning to s- listen to the first episodes of the Addicted to Fitness podcast, you'll have to go to addictedfitness.lipson.com because that's the actual website that has all the episodes. Uh, Apple Podcasts just has the last 100 episodes. Mm -hmm. So going to addictedtofitness.lipson.com will give you access to all of the episodes. So check it out. See how far we've come. Mm -hmm. So training recaps. Would you like me to go or you to go? You can go. Yours is going to be a lot more interesting. Okay. Mine is more interesting, according to you. So today, or today, this week, it was a good week for training for my me. Got my Pelotons in. I got my kettlebell workout at home. Two kettlebell workouts, leg workout and upper body workout. And got time to do some, uh, uh, actually did some Stairmasters at the gym and uh, I did some upper body lifts for the machines at the gym. You know, still taking it easy for my upper body lifts, but progressively getting more uh, uh, more challenging, I would say. You know, uh, so uh, not quite doing dumbbell 
deadlifts or dumbbell deadlifts, dumbbell bench press, but uh, starting to do some machine to do the bench press on the machines and things like that to kind of really just take my time, get my shoulder to where it is. And I'm happy to report that I've had no issues. So that is uh, really, yes, that's something that I'm super excited about. Um, I've been able to visit the sauna a couple times and we're waiting for those sauna inserts to come in so we can use the sauna blanket here. Oh yeah, without having to wear a yeah. full, like long set of clothes. Yeah, exactly. So we don't, we, uh, it's, you guys listened to that episode hopefully about when we did the review of the sauna blanket and very cool, very effective, very hot for sure. Um, and you definitely can't go in there just bare skin, but uh, going in there in a huge, you know, like sweatpants and a sweatshirt, not ideal. So they have this uh, bamboo slash cotton, uh, almost like sleeping bag you put in there and then you can get in there in your skivvies if you'd like. So yes. we're waiting for that to come in. Naked. So for right now, it's just a sauna at the gym, um, which, you know, has its perks. Mm-hmm. One con, I will say, there are other people in there. So. Yeah, you can't get naked. No, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> I don't have to be naked. It's just scantily clad is preferred. <laughs> um, I don't definitely don't need to be naked. So, um, but it is nice at the pool to go or at the uh, sauna at the gym to just go right into the pool afterwards. So that yeah. is kind of nice. I know. I miss those days. So, uh, that was my training recap. What about yours? Well. I pretty much destroyed my legs last weekend. What? Doing what? Uh, doing a boot camp. Whoa. And <clears throat> that pretty much just toasted me for the first part of the week. Um, it was to the point where I knew I had pushed it too hard, apparently. And yeah, I like it hurt. It hurt to do everything. <laughs> it wasn't the good kind of hurt. It was the, oh, I almost injured myself kind of hurt. So um, I wasn't able to do much in the way of training. And then uh, I had a certain friend arrive in town, shall we say. Uh, I got my moon. That's what everybody's saying these days, the cool kids. Oh, yeah. Or maybe... I don't know if they're cool or obnoxious. I haven't decided, yeah. but probably a little bit of both. Yeah, but they're usually one and the same. Yeah, it's when when it's that time of month. Um, currently, I am experiencing a hormone imbalance that I'm working to correct, and it is a miserable. I'm not just exaggerating because you know I want people to feel bad or anything. It's like almost debilitating, like can't sleep, can't sit, can't do anything. Um, I'm exhausted. I'm in pain, like cramps. My whole midsection is like knots, just painful cramps for about three days. So there's no possibility of me doing any kind of physical activity beyond laying on my heating pad and, you know, just trying to, to grip my teeth through the discomfort. So that is not a fun experience right now. Like I said, I am, I'm on the, the way to balancing out my hormones, but right now that time of the month for me is 
not a training time period. Yeah. So I'm actually through that now and really looking forward to this coming week because today my energy was back. I felt like me. And I mean, I did tons of cooking. Mm-hmm. I did yesterday. I had to do a ton of errands and attend a child's birthday, which I feel like should count as a workout. But uh, yeah, the the actual dedicated training time was, I think, one day of yoga. Yeah, <laughs> like to to just work through my uh, my sore muscles early last week. But the we're coming. Now it's a new week. Right? It is a new and week. New opportunities to kick butt. Yeah. And basically it's just the the thought that no no week is ever gonna be I've kind of accepted. I'm not a person that's going to be able to do the same workout every single day of every single week of every single month, blah blah blah. I get really bored doing the same thing anyways. So that's my training style it's making it habitual and getting it in every day where you start or like most days where you start thinking well yeah training training should be a part of my day and you start missing it when it's not Mm -hmm. so that I'm still working to get back to that level I know that I I can but I am excited about that so it is like every new day it's a new opportunity, no matter what your training has been, treat it where you are today. There you go. Yep. Inspirational moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's, uh, I'm always excited at the end of a week, because usually I take off days on the weekend, so looking forward to jumping back on it Monday morning gets me motivated, so I know where you're at right now. Mm-hmm. Motivated to get after it. So. What I'm motivated to do is talk to you guys about this recent article I just discovered. Um, I'll give you a little bit of an insight into me. Uh, I am very interested in living long. Living, like I'm, one of my goals, my life goals is to reach triple digits. Become what was it, a centenarian? Centenarian? I believe that's how you pronounce it. That might be the only word I pronounce correctly in the next 20 minutes. Because <laughs> we found an article on LiveScience.com that says, people who live to 100 have unique gut bacteria signatures. So, once again, another article talking about the importance of gut health. Um, they did a study, I believe this was... Japan. Uh, Japan, thank you. Uh, they did a study on basically, I think, 120 adults um, and basically, some were, they did over, a third of them were over, I said, examined the gut of 160 centenarians. Dang it, see? Centenarians. I already screwed it up. Centenarians who were on average 107 years old. That's, that's. They found impressive. 160 people over 100 years old? Actually, Japan, I believe, in like, some I think it said Japan, yeah, that has like the, blue, the highest population yeah. blue zones. of centenarians, yeah. like one of the higher populations in the, I think there might be somewhere in the Mediterranean that also does. Possibly, yeah. So yeah, there's, but I uh, I learned about that in one of one of the books that well, I've read. I am, don't, definitely want your input on this because I feel like gut health is a big part of the Ayurveda, did I get that one right? Yeah, you did say yeah, that correctly. Ayurveda training um, Got it. or literature. 
Uh, so I got the numbers way off. They, this study, they examined 160 centenarians, um, on average 107 years old. Then they compared their guts, those centenarians' gut microbiota, microbiome to those of 112 people aging ages 85 to 89 and then 47 people ages 21 to 55 so whole range and they found that in the centenarian's gut they had very unique gut bacteria and secondary what did they call it they said they had distinct signature of gut gut micro microbes not seen in the other two age groups for example for example, certain species of bacteria were enriched or depleted in centenarians compared with the other two groups. So obviously, kind of the like preliminary result is that you have to have this certain type of gut microbiomes or microbes in order to help a you know live longer lives. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, they say it in this study, and you know I'm kind of getting ahead of myself that they haven't tested that it's just a like what we talk about it's not causation it's correlation so it's an indication that the this gut microbiome could be one of the links to living past 100 but they said there's still this is just one of the preliminary studies but it's pretty interesting because they found different they call them gut metabolites um, products of metabolism in all three groups that but and found that centenarians had significantly higher levels of so-called secondary bile acids compared to other two groups um, so the bile acids are compounds in the bile that aid in digestion particular particularly of fats after the liver produces bile acids they are released into the intestines where the bacteria chemically modify them into secondary bile acids according to a 2009 paper published in the Journal of Diabetes Care. Well, we'll just sum it up for you real quick. If you've mm -hmm. ever had the stomach flu where you cannot keep anything down, and every time you, like, after all the food's gone, the stuff that comes up, the yellow stuff, that's stomach bile. Mm -hmm. There we go. I just, I just gave you a mental picture. It's going to really make you feel great. All right, so <laughs> they found that some of the secondary stomach bile, stomach bile, is that what they called it? Bile acids, yeah. Uh, secondary bile acids. Uh, there was one, one in particular called, here we go, here's one of the words I'm probably going to butcher, isoallothalicolic acid, which is not, that's not too bad, I didn't do bad. Uh, they don't know what the metabolic process bacteria use to produce this uh I, they call it isoala LCA. So they set out to identify the pathway. They screened gut bacterial strains from 110-year-old who had particularly high levels of the secondary bile acids and found that bacteria belonging to the family of, here's another word I'm never going to get right, odorbacteriaceae produce isoala LCA. Oh, gosh. This, Anywho. Is, this is where like reading these things for mm -hmm. most of us just sort of we drift off so the, they found that the secondary bile acid, the, the isoallo LCA, uh, is particularly high in centenarians from this study. And they found that not only is this uh, high concentration in the centenarians, but they also found that this certain secondary bile acid has antimicrobial properties 
uh, that can actually inhibit the growth of bad bacteria in the gut. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, they, these are all kind of like discovery tests. This was a discovery test where like, hey, this bacteria is very common in centenarians and this bacteria or this one that was a secondary bile acid is actually antimicrobial and basically, for lack of better terms, kills bad bacteria in the gut. Yeah, it, well, it prevents the growth. Mm -hmm. It inhibits growth. Yeah, so uh, they said they found a couple of the bad bacteria that the isoallo-LCA slowed the growth of was some that caused severe diarrhea and inflammation of the colon. It also inhibited the growth of Vanos, I'm going to try another no, one. No one's going to understand what it is anyways. Anywho, just, it was an antibiotic-resistant yeah. antibiotic bacteria known to cause infections in hospital settings. One that I know that's, I don't know if this is the one they're talking about, but MRSA, if you ever heard of MRSA, yeah. which is a, next, is a nasty uh, bacteria that, you know, like is found in hospital settings um, that is anti, basically antibiotic-resistant. Um, that's, that's another one that's similar to this. And this secondary bile acid that's found in Centenarian actually inhibited the growth of that. So mm -hmm. in theory, like they said, they say it in this article from Live Science that they did not compare uh, what these Centenarians did as far as exercise, food, did they smoke, did they drink, um, did they live next to power lines, so on and so forth. They didn't do any of that yet. They just discovered what was in the microbiome of centenarians compared it to people that were younger. And that they discovered particularly these um, secondary bile acids. So in, in kind of conclusion, to sum it up, is that, and it makes sense, people that live to, over, to be over 100, um, they have something in their gut microbiome that essentially, you know, we can't say it, but it would be, one would believe that it has helped them live longer. Yeah, so that's basically helped them maintain, it sounds like, their healthy gut uh -huh. by keeping out all the bad bacteria that right. can multiply and go everywhere. Right. So like you said, and it's interesting, I would definitely want to keep an eye on this because um, they, like I said, they don't even know how they got this beneficial bacteria. You know, they don't know if it was from diet, if it was from lifestyle or whatever it is. So this is just preliminary research. I'd love to see where it goes next. Um, because I mean, I'm, like I said, I led off with this segment talking about how I want to live to a hundred, you know, and it's, I do have some good, uh, family history of centenarians in my, in my family. Um, but it's. I'm always somebody that's interested in, you know, changing my lifestyle to help facilitate that. Yeah. You well, know, will it be a sauna blanket or, <laughs> you know, or uh, probiotics? So Yeah, I think it goes into the idea that gut health is is something that we don't know that much about. Like they're really just diving into it we have a lot of research actually researchers right here in tampa bay at usf mm -hmm. um, they have some really well-known uh doctors scientists professors doing some studies on microbiome and gut health and mm -hmm. things and i mean just they're finding it's a whole other world and it's so massively connected to the systems that run and regulate our body elsewhere, you know, not just your stomach. 
Um, but it's really just the tip of the iceberg. So I think these kinds of things that prove, well, well, gosh, like people that live past a hundred have really strong microbiomes, yeah. like really great gut health. And that should be something more, more evidence that this is an area we need to pay attention yeah. to. And I mean, they even talked about it in this, they alluded to it that the, you know, some of the bacteria, the beneficial bacteria that they discovered in the centenarians, they could possibly, the, the one of the researchers said, it's a relatively safe bacteria, so it could potentially be made into a probiotic that people could take, yeah. uh, supplemental form. And, and that kind of is, a, is another interesting topic because, I mean, we've kind of alluded to it a little bit. Um, we've had people introduce it on the podcast before and something maybe we have to investigate but the basically uh stool samples mm. how they basically test your stool for different bacteria and see what you have good ones or what bad ones you have and give yep. you a prescription of a probiotic a based test. on that yeah that's very i mean i've heard a, a couple of different companies some startups who are trying to basically just prescribe I think from the, what I heard, lifestyle and supplements and diet based all on fecal tests. So they basically figure out, like you said, I think how much information the gut can give you about your body, about the state of it, where it is, how good it's doing, how, or how well it's doing, how poorly it's doing, and then give you supplements based on that. Yeah. So, you know, like, because with supplementation, we can get our blood tests and whatnot, um, which are that is does provide you with good information, but you know typically like I take a multivitamin to try to cover bases and a probiotic, um, and then vitamin D and omegas and things like that. But it seems like with the the fecal test, you can get a little bit more prescribed. And I mean, I take a probiotic, but it's just kind of like general. You know, it's mm -hmm. not specified for me. The only way I could get specifying for me is probably discovering what's already in my back, my gut, my gut, excuse me, and then creating a probiotic based off that. Yeah, yeah. There, we're. I think we're seeing this whole area is in its infancy. It mm -hmm. will, just like all health, it really does need to be customized for you because you are different yep. than everybody else. And I'm not just saying that because I want you to feel warm and fuzzy, but it's the truth. So, yeah, I think this is a really cool area. Hopefully we'll get to dive a little bit more into, um, find some people and products that we can look into. And I think both you and I are really interested yeah. in improving this particular area of our health because essentially, if it for anybody who doesn't know, if you've ever had to take an antibiotic antibiotics kill all the bacteria essentially mm -hmm. they kill the good and the bad so if you've had to take an antibiotic in the last i think honestly it takes i have to look it up but it takes years for your gut to get back that positive like flora mm -hmm. after you've taken an antibiotic like an antibiotic yeah. especially if you if you don't supplement with something like yeah and if you're eating foods with tons of foods, chemicals yeah, and things yeah. like that i mean it just further inhibits it so i mean we are not 
our, our diets and even our healthcare are not really designed to help that section of right. us. Yeah. So right. chances are a lot of people, I know I have a really sensitive stomach. This is an area where we can all learn something I for think good cause. This is going to kind of what we talked about, the trend, one of the trends coming emerging this year is kind of more uh, taking more of an active part in your health care. I don't know how we yeah. how we couched it, how we phrased it. Um, um, like, uh, I think we, we said that people are going to be more proactive. Right, proactive. In understanding yeah. and customizing their own health care right. solutions. Yeah, and yeah, it's almost like not quite, you know, personalization of your health care because it's mm -hmm. not going to be, you don't just have to, war, you know, talk about people you know doctors that are in your network or whatever that may yep. be you can you know, go out and get a test like a fecal test or a send a blood sample in the mail like i did you know there that's becoming more regularly available and i think this is one area that you're going to see that that ability to get prescribed something specifically for you mm -hmm. excellent ah i'm very excited I'm very excited well, what else has got you excited, or better yet, what's got you pumped? Oh, I'll tell you what's got me pumped in the section we call, what's got us pumped? And here we go. Uh, so what's got me pumped is uh, I love when my clients have success stories. You know, when my clients hit their goals, that's really what makes me know I'm on the right track. And I picked the right career, you know? Um, it's, uh, I remember somebody asked me one time, I actually got interviewed one time on a podcast, believe it or not. And somebody asked and they were like, do you, how does it feel if uh, a client doesn't hit one of their goals, you know, or the, you know, and I take it personally, I take it very hard. I take it very personally and stuff and it worries me and I, I think about it a lot, but obviously now hopefully that, that means no, usually that doesn't happen, but when the opposite happens, when they hit their goals, it's a very proud moment, and I'm very excited. So one of my longtime clients has been with me for several years now. Uh, last year, about February, end of February of last year, sent me a message, kind of a uh, somewhat of a long-winded desperation method about how he's really got to hunker down on losing weight and stuff and it's affecting his family and uh and you know we set out on a plan you know and we we work out four to five days a week whether virtually or in person and uh you know constantly on him about food and things like that and we found some uh some hurdles along the way in the last year but um as of this week so less than 12 months, uh, he's down 26 pounds. Ooh. And that's probably one, and he said that was a 13 plus year low for him. So he hasn't that's been at that awesome. weight in over 13 years. So even when, I mean, he started with me, he lost a good amount of weight. Um, but obviously this is, you know, a new, new low for him, which yeah. is also a new high. If you will, uh -huh. you know, so low that makes you feel so high. Exactly. So that is something um, I'm very that's got me very pumped, and uh, it, it also speaks to the idea that it's it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yes. You know, don't if you have some goals this year of losing weight, uh, you can attain that goal 12 months from now. It doesn't no. have to happen 30 days from now. 
okay mm -hmm. it's it's going to be an ongoing process okay not necessarily weight loss but weight management it's going to be an ongoing process and do not get frustrated or lose or lose hope if it doesn't happen over uh, whatever arbitrary date you set in your mind just yes. work hard don't set that date in my opinion you uh just work hard and always think it's a it's going to be something that you're going to have to be cognizant of if you really are concerned about it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, to, to your point, like setting dates. Dates should never be goals. Right. Like, just have that in your mind. Sit with that for a second. Dates in terms of weight loss and, like, fitness, they should never be attached to goals. They should be checkpoints. They should be benchmarks, you know, like, that's that's really where um, dates are important, uh, but they should not be goals. I totally agree, and now I want to hear what's got you pumped. Well, mine is very different. Mine is an object, mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's actually something that I had gotten Ella for Christmas, and it's this card set called Little Renegades. Have you looked through these the, yet? The cards? Oh, no, 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 no. I thought this was going to be the uh, meditation one because I did do one of those with her. It is. Oh, is that it? Yeah. They're oh. by a company called Little Renegades. No. Maybe Hold I on. did. Hold on. Let me double check. Oh. Sure. Oh, it. Yeah. It's got the owl on the front. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Sorry. That's then so yes. Funny. Then yes. I do know about those now. I did that one. So, yes. So these are um, by their little cards. They're like a, a pack of cards. The company is Little Renegades. And they have two different decks I got for Ella because they say that they're for kids three and up. Actually, ages three and up. I shouldn't even say kids. These are things you could literally do with adults. Mm -hmm. um, but they are amazing because there's... It's all about teaching kids mindfulness and giving them basically ways, exercises, things that they can really understand to help bring them out of times of anxiety and stress. And I mean, we've probably all read articles and stuff. It's like, oh, well, you just teach your kid to do deep breathing. Have you ever sat with a three-year-old or a four-year-old and tried to teach them deep breathing, like one in a thousand or one in a million might do it with you. The other ones are going to be like, uh, no, that's boring because they don't want to sit still. They want to do things. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I love about these the most is because they, it's a whole pack of cards that have all these different exercises. Some of them are like guided meditations or visualizations like done in the way of like a story. Some of them are um, actual activities, which for a kid, they love doing activities. You give them a direction, especially one to do with them, that's going to teach them how to calm down. Like it teaches them tapping Anybody who's familiar with tapping as um, as a anxiety and stress reliever, I mean, it's scientifically proven. 
and so exciting because you're giving these kids uh, all these little techniques to help short circuit those anxious, stressful reactions that unfortunately are predominant in most kids' lives now. Yeah. I mean, they, they're everywhere. And the things that see, they say that they, the techniques they teach are awareness, breathing, meditation, gratitude, and even stretching. Wow. So all of these things, and they're just these really cute, beautifully illustrated little cards. And they have one set just for general, and they also have a mindful kid's bedtime set. I haven't done as many of those. Um, you know, our four-year-old, she is very active. She doesn't like to sit still. You try to teach her. We did teach her how to deep breathe when she was younger, but she doesn't want to do that. Like, she doesn't see it as a tool. Mm-hmm. And so today I actually went through a mantra with her. And which, I mean, it's really more of just like a phrase um, that she could say when she got stressed yep. or when she was worried. And it was something, you know, they called it like the, like the little yeah. flame or something. Mm-hmm. And it was just... Like, just like fire, I have value. Yeah. It was simple. And they they have you walk through a very written out, simple little practice. So I, I don't know if Ella's really digging these as much as we well, are. She asked for it at that time. So. I just thought it's like bear breaths, giving tree, deer stretch, ladybug legs. It puts it in terms that a child is going to be interested in. Say, yeah. I want to do ladybug legs. Yeah. I want to do bear breaths. Yeah. So it's uh, it's pretty awesome. I saw that they were actually featured. Ellen had them on her show. There you go. And I've been getting them served to me in Instagram for ages. So I finally tried them this year. So glad that I did because I think even. Being trained um, to be a meditation coach myself right now, I know it's a different thing with kids. Yeah. And heck, like I said, I may use some of these on adults. adults. Yeah, as you should. So, great job. Super pumped about what's got us pumped. Mm-hmm. And super pumped the fact that my gut bacteria might get me, might get us to three digits. Yeah. So, guys, if you like this episode, please let us know by leaving a rating review. Share this or any of our podcasts with a friend. Um, we're quickly closing in on 300, so you guys can let us know maybe what we should do for the 300th episode. No. Really? Have to give that some we got to brainstorm ourselves. Let, you know, let us know, guys. Contribute some uh, ideas to us, and we'll see you guys next week. You got anything else for them this week? No. This has been another edition of the Addicted Fitness Podcast. We'll check you next time. Bye. For all things Addicted Fitness, you can check out our website, addictedtofitnesspodcast.com. You can also give us a follow on Twitter, at The ATF Podcast, and like and follow the Addicted to Fitness Podcast Facebook page. Last but not least, please give us a rating and review in the iTunes store. Thanks.